0: My sister can't leave her house until the kitchen has been scrubbed, bleached, polished, and then she has to start all over because she says she didn't do it right. Welcome to Life,
1: Love, and Family. Are you your own worst critic? Perfectionism, it's a cruel taskmaster. I'm gonna make my way through this world someday. got a new project. It may have been assigned to you. More likely, you might have volunteered for it. You work harder. Harder than anybody else. And you know it. You put in those extra hours. You've demanded excellence from yourself and you give it. And you don't settle for anything less. But when you finish the project, you see all the flaws. You see everything that's wrong with it. Your co-workers or other family members tell you, that is beautiful. What a great job. I can't believe what you did with this is incredible, how did you get all that done? You are incredible. Some even call your project extraordinary, but they're wrong, no matter how hard you try. You look and go, it's never, ever quite good enough. And you've felt this way your whole life. Are you your own worst critic? Perfectionism, it's a cruel taskmaster. Have you thought about that, being a perfectionist? The bar is impossibly high to meet, and the cost of failing literally can mean death. There are folks that I've worked with and that we've worked with through the years that the perfectionism has been wound so tight in their thinking that no matter what they do, it's not right, it's not good enough. I'm Dr. Craig Jantz, and this is Life, Love, and Family. If you or somebody that you love and care about is struggling with this weight of trying to be perfect, and that expectation to be perfect is simply overwhelming. If destruction and pain seem to follow you from a lot of unmet expectations, we want you to know there is hope. Kara's in the studio with me.
0: Wow, I always thought of perfectionists as the people who have it all together.
1: Well, you know, there's excellence and then there's perfectionism. Excellence is I give it my best. That's what it was, my my best. And I will always give it my best. And this is true no matter what it is, whether it's being an athlete or it's a project or whatever you're doing, you want to represent excellence. right? In fact, that's really one of the things that we strive for at the center, a place of hope where I'm from in that we want excellence in our caregiving and our plans for helping those who come to us. But if we were perfectionist, if we believed that everything had to be perfect and our clients had to immediately get it, do it all perfectly, well, we'd have a lot of disappointed people, <laughs> right. clients and, and staff and professionals. So when you think about perfectionism, perfectionism is a standard that's an unrealistic standard that, You cannot measure up to, and emotionally, you will always feel inferior. I'm not good enough. It may be my own standard, trying to be a certain way so that I'll be okay. If I only had the perfect body, I would be loved. It's the person struggling with food and weight issues. Well, if I could just get it all perfect. They become anorexic, and they're starving themselves, and the deeper they're into it, the more that they get distorted reality, and they don't see what's happening to them and they don't see that that perfectionism actually has such what I'll call a stronghold in their life. It is a stronghold that is controlling everything about them, about their thoughts, about their behaviors, and it is a spiritual battle. Wow. You see, perfectionism is something that has a spiritual answer, because God talks about loving us and that we're okay, we're more than okay, We are lovable, and we cannot earn that or be any more lovable by trying to be a perfectionist, by trying to be a certain way, by trying to do things that really create for us a sense of, I'm trying to do this in order to feel better about myself, a sense of value, perfectionism, our topic today. And as you're listening to this, you may connect or hook on to certain parts of this perfectionism. And what we're talking about today is a person who takes this to a far extreme. It's an extreme that it's no longer healthy. It's an extreme that the pressure inside is so great that you're probably looking for some way to cope with it. Maybe I'll escape through food. I have to secretly drink. The pressure's so great I have to find myself taking a few extra pills that have been prescribed to me because the anxiety is so high. Wow. This is where perfectionism can take you. And as perfectionism takes you down a journey of destruction, ultimately, think about it that way. I can have such high, lofty, unrealistic expectations that it will enter into a zone of depression, enter into a zone of anxiety. Some people who do suffer from depression, they really are people who find themselves at a place where they never felt good enough because they were being such a perfectionist because they had to do that in order to earn the love from somebody. If you're in that place of anxiety and depression and you walk past a mirror or a glare in a window and you see your reflection and you go, I'm so ugly. If you try to have a conversation with somebody and you go, why am I so stupid? I didn't say the right thing. These are signs of perfectionism.
0: You have quite an interesting list. And when you talked about it being a stronghold, it it really got me. You said that perfectionism is a stronghold that controls all of our thoughts and all of our behaviors. And then you've been mentioning everything from having eating disorders to depression. Do all of these things come together with perfectionism on a regular basis? Is that part of it?
1: Everything comes together that says, I'm inferior. I'm not good enough. And it's the if only. If only I would have. If only I could have. If only I should have. Wow. Perfectionism is the if only disease, (laughs) okay? (laughs) There are people that feel like I have failed myself, I've failed others, I've failed my family, I've failed my employer, and ultimately it can lead you to such despair. That depression is so deep and so dark that you find yourself maybe having some suicidal thoughts going, it sure would be easier if I wasn't around. It sure would be easier if I can't measure up anyway and nobody loves me. And you start to think this way really kind of scare yourself in your thinking because you believe that if I was dead it would be better and that's actually how far a pattern of perfectionism can be in one's life
0: since you founded the center a place of hope you have worked with a lot of people that are struggling with this how do you start getting to the root of the problem if perfectionism is covering it up
1: you know perfectionism is just that and I'm glad you mentioned that it's a symptom It's a symptom of something else that's out of order underneath. This is why I look at it on a continuum. Something happened that said, I'm not good enough. A parent said, you know, why don't you lose weight? Nobody's gonna want you. Or that's the message you got. And from that point on, you tried to be perfect. Maybe it was a school teacher who said, you know, you're never gonna be that good at English and today you write books. (laughs) (laughs) There's somehow a message that I'm not good enough, and so then I overcompensate for that. And I'm overcompensating in order to feel better, but then that's a little addictive. I overcompensate, I strive and I strive and I strive, and then it turns into perfectionistic behavior, and then it turns into obsessive compulsive behavior checking and rechecking things. I'm obsessed about my looks. I have checked my eyebrow 50 times in the last 30 minutes. It's the girl that said to me, I hate everything about me. Could not see anything from her head to her toe to her hair, nothing. And she had arrived at such a place of extreme perfectionism that she couldn't see reality. She couldn't see who we are. Perfectionism distorts reality and a distorted reality through the lens of perfectionism causes us to see something that's not there. And it's really that I'm not good enough. Wow! I'm not good enough and nobody will want me. And that's where that despair can come in. We haven't really thought of perfectionism as being this. And that's what we do on life, love and family. We look at something from a new angle, and we look at something that causes problems in our relationships and in our lives, and I want you to be your very best. That's why I say, hey, there's a difference between excellence and perfectionism. Excellence says, I'm gonna be my very best, I'm gonna give my very best. Perfectionism gets me, controls me. Perfectionism is an add-on process. I add on obsessive compulsive thoughts, I add on depression, I add on anxiety. (laughs) Right. And those add-ons, Tend to weigh very, very heavy on us.
0: If you're struggling and trying to figure out the difference between excellence or if it's turned into perfectionism, the center is a place of hope. 888-771-5166. We have a question from Chris. He says, I've seen what happens when perfectionism turns ugly. My sister can't leave her house until the kitchen has been scrubbed, bleached, polished from top to bottom, every corner, every cabinet, appliances, and the countertop. And then some days she's almost done and then she has to start all over because she says she didn't do it right. What caused this?
1: Something that caused that was something that said, I felt shame, which shame means I felt defective. I'm overcompensating for my defectiveness that Mm -hmm. I believe is there by being a perfectionist, by overdoing it over overachieving, there's a line that gets crossed where it's now controlling me. And that's an important distinction. It's controlling my feelings. It's controlling my behavior. It now is in control of me. As you think about this, you can see that this can create a disease process, if you will, a dysfunctional system of thinking in our minds that will then carry out certain behaviors. This is why eating disorders a lot of times are have some roots in perfectionism. This is why even depression or anxiety, because it's, again, that what if, and I'm not good enough. And then if we say, well, you know, God's word says this about you, that is like trying to put water in a full sponge. You can't hold anything more. You're already full of all the negative. You can't see it. And it just runs right out because you don't see those truths because of the power of those negative thoughts the power of those negative and i'm going to call them lies
0: right so if you lived with someone who was going through this and you could see their struggle and you know affecting you as well what might be something that you could suggest to sort of help them take a breath
1: when it's wound this tight and you've got really what we'll call psychological issues and problems that emerge i mentioned obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. and, and the depression anxiety substance abuse let me mention that as well you probably are not gonna be able to convince them of anything different. You're not gonna be able to say to them, your thinking's off, because there's no place for new information. This is where at times, there are really interventions that have to be done. And here's how to do it. You don't tell a person they're a perfectionist. To them, that's something that's good. (laughs) Right. So you may address that they're not liking how they're feeling and where life is. And if we could show you some solutions for that, and show you a different way of feeling, would you be interested? And this is where a person could begin to break out of workaholism, substance abuse, depression, because most people struggle with this. Something happened usually early on. Now you're in your 40s, and we really see this manifested itself quite strongly.
0: Right. How do you start? What would be the first step be if they're not going to take any more information in?
1: We're going to talk to them about getting help for depression, getting help for the anxiety. We're going to talk to them about maybe something that's safer to get help for. Okay. If they've developed an eating disorder, we may need to set up an intervention and intervene in their life because ultimately this can be life or death. Right. It's the person that feels such despair that they are going to pop a bunch of pills because I see no other way out. See, ultimately, the thinking gets so distorted that we're not really able to rationalize with them. We can't really have a conversation with a person that's this far gone in their thinking. But you can tell them, I understand that you feel horrible, you feel so badly, there must be a lot of depression and anxiety, let's get help for that. Because see, we want relief and it gets so bad we want relief though we don't know what to do and we don't know how to put it into words. And so that said, this is where a place like what I founded 30 years ago, the center, a place of hope. We had a news organization that worked with us to survey our processes, to survey our clients, to track. The center emerged on the top 10 list of places in the country to get help for depression. And this is because, I'm going to go back to this whole person approach, we've got to look at the spiritual. We have to look at what's going on not only in the brain chemistry, but nutritionally. How is a person eating and caring for themselves and exercise, and What are the issues that have created this sense of shame or helplessness that need to be dealt with, those core issues? So putting together the whole person, this can be done. And we'll give out that number again. You may know somebody that can really benefit today.
0: The center is A Place of Hope, 888-771-5166. And you can also reach Dr. Jans at his website there at aplaceofhope.com. So we have a comment from Terrence. He says, my college roommate killed himself. It was 20 years ago, and I've never gotten over it. The nicest guy, he was funny, he was athletic, popular with both the girls and the guys, and he was taking pre-law classes and doing great. And then one day he got an F on a paper. I found him in our room after he hung himself.
1: There can be such a bondage where perfectionism has that stronghold that you really have found yourself at a place of, if nothing I do is perfect by my standards, then I'm a failure. And also, normal learning, like I learn to practice something and get better and better, I don't do well on one test, but I keep practicing to be better. Perfectionism does not allow for the normal growth of development of learning. There is no way out because there's not the normal process of learning.
0: Wow. Do you think that it might have come along the way from some kind of emotional abuse in the background?
1: You know, emotional abuse, absolutely. Somebody could have said something or it could have been a pattern of behaviors from emotional abuse that really scarred you and you feel inferior and you feel like you don't measure up. You grew up in a home where there might have been favoritism and your sister was the one that was the favored, and you were never good enough. And the message was, why can't you be more like your sister? And so that's emotional abuse.
0: Yeah. My favorite books that you've written, and I know you've written many and I love them all, but one of my favorites is Hope and Healing from Emotional Abuse, because you do identify so many different ways that we could have been hurt as kids. And then there are real genuine strategies to overcome that and to get out of that old stronghold again.
1: Yes, absolutely. We can break that. And these things a lot of times have originated back at a tender age, a younger age where self-worth or self-esteem may have been forming right? and something happened that was a major bruise and that emotional bruise, you have never gotten over.
0: We've talked about this book, Hope and Healing from Emotional Abuse, and you can find it at the website, aplaceofhope.com. So we have another question from Holly. She says her husband works really hard all the time because he believes if you're not doing your best, you shouldn't be taking up space and resources.
1: Well, I want you to do your best, and you'll still take up space and use some resources. (laughs) Right,
0: right. Holly says the thing is that her husband's now in his 50s. He's stressed all the time. He doesn't eat well. He barely sleeps. And she's really afraid that he's going to end up with a heart attack one day if he doesn't relax a little. And then as his wife, she wants to know what she can do to help him.
1: These situations and what we may be describing here is like workaholism. Okay, okay. I've tied my value and who I am to my work. I have to be a certain way and live this way to have any value. But over time, something will break. My sleep gets impaired. My body gets stressed. My body begins to holler at me. Mm-hmm. And then something breaks. When I say body begins to holler at me, I mean you get warning signs. You've been told, Hey, your blood pressure's getting high. You're not sleeping well. You're not eating well doctor says and you need to lose some weight you get all these little warning signs and then but you don't do anything right and then it happens oh something drastic happens so what we're talking about here is a ticking time bomb that will eventually go off perfectionism winds you up tighter and tighter and tighter and there's no release from that wind up and this is what happened to holly's husband there absolutely is no winding down and something's going to break. And so the question to asked today is, what can I get him to do to take it easier?
0: Yeah.
1: And it may be, you're not going to be able to do it. I'm sorry to say that, but it may be a counselor. It may be a session with you and his doctor. You're going to have to do something that's going to intervene the pattern, or something will happen that will intervene the pattern. Mm. But he'll still have the choice. You can intervene and you can hopefully try to work together. But until those core issues are dealt with for him, that's causing this extreme overtime workaholism behavior, which is addictive. So there's enough reward in it, even though it's compromising his health, he continues to do it. The body cries out, heart attack happens, mm. something, some disease process happens because it's a ticking time bomb. There's physical problems tied to perfectionism. And those can be high blood pressure, wound tight. I'm either exercising all the time because it's never enough. Right. Or I'm on the other extreme. I'm not doing it at all because I can't do it perfectly. And I've already failed, so I'm not going to do it. Perfectionism is a matter of extremes. It's a matter of extremes in my thinking. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of extremes in my behavior, so... It's an either-or process.
0: That's interesting when you mention exercise that you're going to do it constantly or you're not going to do it at all. Does that work across the board with perfectionism? I mean, do people just suddenly stop working?
1: They'll just stay where they're safe to do a certain area where they feel that they really excel in. I can give a perfectionist something to do and if it's outside their comfort zone, they may be too afraid of failure to do it and so they're not going to do it. Okay, And they don't try. Why would I do that? I'll just fail. I can't blow my track record. You may be feeling, or you know somebody that lives this way, the thought of, ah, I never measured up. I didn't measure up for my father. My father didn't measure up to his grandfather. Man, Dr. Jantz, you're talking about a pattern we've seen in our family for generations. Nobody on the male side has ever been good enough. (laughs) Oh. You see, look for those patterns. Right. We typically see this and it's passed down. I said male side, it could be female side. Sure. There's a pattern of perfectionism that could be generational that's created all kinds of problems. So we talk about things here that need to be talked about and looked at. We want to do this again from a perspective of hope. And the hope today is that if this is you or somebody you love, that we can begin to get the starting steps of changing a direction because, look at it on the continuum, perfectionism, where it takes you, that road, it's gonna get worse and worse. It's gonna, remember, add on compulsive thinking and behaviors and I'm gonna be obsessed. I'm gonna add on overeating, I'm gonna add on depression. See, it's an add on. Perfectionism doesn't stand alone. It adds on, over time, other difficulties.
0: If you feel that you've been adding on a lot of difficulties because of some perfectionism, there are a lot of resources also here at Life, Love, and Family. And you can reach us here at 855-455-3264. Jenny says she has a real problem with procrastination. She used to work in an office, but she was passed over for promotions because she wasn't a self-starter. Now she says she's married, she's blessed to have the opportunity to stay at home with her kids, but she can barely get the dinner on the table on time. And every afternoon she knows she needs to get started, but she finds a million other things to do first. Is there a trick or something that she can do to help her get things done?
1: Well, let's look at this in terms, it could be hidden anger. Mm. I can be procrastinating, I can be late. I can have procrastination because I'm irritated, I feel controlled, I'm, I'm angry. And you're angry because when you worked, you got passed over. Because somebody judged you as not being a self-starter. Now you're married and you're passing yourself over. Here's what you need to do. Get to the core of what that's really about. And I would wonder if that's been something that's been other areas of your life as well. Every afternoon when you know it's time, set the clock. Here's my pattern of behavior every day. So you're gonna map out that pattern and you're gonna write it down. The first week you do this and you follow the pattern. Maybe it's a checkbox you're going to check off and by 3.15 I do this and this. I know it sounds elementary maybe like in grade school, but you're going to write these things down. Every day that you succeed in following that clock of behavior and accountability, you're going to put a star on your calendar. Still got a calendar on the wall? Put a star on it. One week of stars, six days of stars, um, you're going to reward yourself, okay? I know it sounds silly, but I wonder what would happen if you really did this, Jenny.
0: Well, and if procrastination really does have to do with perfectionism, I would think those stars would feel good. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm procrastinating. I get a star for the day. Now it's a way of affirming to yourself, hey, I did a good job. I'm going to turn in these stars over time for a little reward. We're talking today, life, love, and family perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Being wound too tight, we might say. Never let them see
0: you when you're breaking. Never
1: Have you been crushed by criticism, not feeling good enough, withholding your feelings from others in order to keep that perfect image, not dealing with things? is exhausting, isn't it? As you've listened today, it could be for the very, very first time you've realized this true cost of perfectionism, it is miserable. It's hard to think about making healthy changes or living differently. I'm Dr. Greg Chance, founder of The Center, A Place of Hope. I want you to know alongside Dr. Tim Clinton here at Life, Love, and Family. There are resources to deal with this. You need to begin by getting some information. Today, that could be the reason you heard this program. And here's our number, 855-455-3264. 855-455-3264. I want to thank you for listening to Life, Love, and Family. want to share what you've heard today listen to this program again or send it to somebody tell them they need to hear this at life love and family.net you really can begin to feel better and begin a process of shedding the many layers of perfectionism it's worth it and you can trust god will help you do this
0: life love and family you know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated and sometimes you get mad for no reason and maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job that's why the center for counseling and health resources has been there for people for more than 30 years they take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition your vitamin balances your mind your spirit call 1-888-771-5166 or for help right now visit aplaceofhope.com